Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist. I'm sure there's others. Great to be on board with you once again today. The Minnesota Vikings went into Los Angeles to play the Chargers, as some people like to say, and the Vikings end up winning the game. 27 to 20. As strange as this might sound, it almost seems kind of boring. The Vikings actually won a game and they actually completed some plays and they actually were a little more aggressive. They actually threw the ball. They actually completed plays late in the game that at first looked like were going to be the same old disaster and check down and bullcrap. You actually saw completions down the field and again, it's just exasperating. Looking at that four and five record now, four and five. It's all glitzy and glamorous. We're four. We were four. We were four. We're four and five on the season. Chargers dropped to five and four, and yeah, I mean, what could have been? That's what drives you. That's what drives you absolutely bonkers. What could have been? Obviously, there's talent on the defense. It's uh, it has its issues, but there's certainly talent there. There's incredible talent on the offense. Justin Jefferson, nine catches, 143 yards, targeted 11 times. See what happens? You know, and, that, and that's kind of the theme everywhere. Every show you're going to listen to, including this one, are going to say, see what happens when you actually get a little more aggressive down the field instead of the same old check down, check down, check down, even though there were several check downs. Tyler Conklin, it's funny how he wound up with uh, three catches for 11 yards, two touchdowns. You would have been one of those fantasy football pickups, like what the hell, and then you get you walk out with like 12 points or something. But he was targeted five times in the game, including one of the play action plays late that drove me nuts. Like, really? You're going to throw deep to Conklin? He's not that, he's not fast enough to really create any separation. So that drove me nuts. Another thing that drove me nuts in today's game, KJ Osborne, only one target. Where is KJ Osborne the last few weeks? He was KJ clutch. He just kept getting better and better. He's the legitimate third receiver on the team. And that's, there's, there is no third receiver. I guess it's Conklin, kind of, sort of, I guess. So he's like the nookie, blanky uh, guy in the end zone now, like what, you believe Kyle Rudolph could be at times in the end zone. Neither Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen got in the end zone in the game today. It was Tyler Conklin, both touchdown passes from Kirk Cousins. Uh, there was no turnover. There was no fumble. Or excuse me, there was a fumble lost by Kirk Cousins, but apparently that one, it looked like uh, Brian O'Neill actually bumped into Kirk Cousins as he was releasing the ball. So that was kind of sloppy, kind of crappy. I felt like, it felt like Brian O'Neill was getting beat quite a bit today. It, it really did. It wasn't the best. And then Oliudo whistled for another hold. He did not have a good game today. The Vikings had a billion penalties in the first half. It drove everybody absolutely bonkers throughout the game. And insanely frustrating and upsetting in a lot of ways. As the overall penalties... Thought I had it all here. It was it was a nightmare. The yardage, Vikings at 381 to the Chargers, 253. The Vikings did dominate the ball in time of possession in a big time, which gave you a lot of hope. Uh, 36-15 to 23-45 in favor of the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings had 118 penalty yards, which is crazy. We were at fourth in the league, averaging in the upper 60s coming into the game. Fourth in the league in penalty yards. We had 118 total today. It was pretty crappy. Ten total penalties it just kept adding up and adding up and adding up, and it was extremely frustrating. But luckily, 
the calls went our way late, including the Justin Jefferson grab, which was a catch. He had control of the ball pretty much the whole time. That was on the long, long play, which surprised us all. We'll talk about that some more. The Vikings also 2-2 two two on 4th down efficiency, 5-14 and f- on 3rd down efficiency. Not great, but good enough when it mattered. Uh, we've actually been pretty damn good in 4th down efficiency, which is nice to know. Chargers 5 of 12 in their 3rd down efficiency. Sorry about the endless stats, stats, stats. But, well, some of the stats are important. Some are good to know, I guess. Uh, generally speaking, again, I an overall fun game to watch, I guess. The first half was kind of meh for a while, especially the first quarter. Six to three it was the Vikings. It was the Twins leading the uh, Anaheim Angels or something like that, or Los Angeles Dodgers. I guess these would be the Angels, I guess, since the Rams are kind of originally Los Angeles. They'd be the Dodgers, even though they're from Brooklyn. But I'll keep that quiet. Um, it was it was what it was. Um, <laughs> actually, all the scoring was in the second quarter. Yeah, the first quarter was really boring. Um, Vikings couldn't do anything in their first drive. Chargers couldn't either. Vikings' defense was fairly solid throughout the game. It kind of gradually got worse as the game progressed, and then thankfully it didn't matter a whole lot as the Vikings' offense actually finally did their job in a big way and were excellent down the stretch. Um, thank God for that. Uh, it looked like... <laughs> It looked like Eric Kendricks was going to walk away with the uh, Fran Tarkington Award today. And then Bynum made a big, big uh, push towards it, getting a big sack later in the game, which was huge. He is a really nice (laughs) safety. Looks like the Vikings have a safety of the future in Cameron Bynum, and he's just a rookie. He looks really good. Fourth round pick, 20th overall in the fourth round out of California. Uh, Pretty cool. Pretty cool. He had that big interception last week, which almost had the Vikings winning the game. Uh, Cameron Bynum, kind of like when uh, Anthony Harris emerged a few years back when the Vikings needed somebody to step up in a big way, and he did in a big way when the Vikings were in desperate need and the Vikings ended up winning uh, the division. This is circa 2015. Uh, Harris, Anthony Harris really stepped up in a big way, and then he ended up being a more and more valuable safety. Eventually earned a starting job, and then got paid a ton of money for a year, and then they said, okay, yeah, that's too too, too much to put into two safeties, and we give Harrison Smith another raise, and he is clearly not as good as he has been earlier in his career. Not bad, but not as good. Then I go babbling into that, but I suppose it's all 100% Viking-related and all that. It was, you know, I'm almost bored that I don't have something to bitch and moan about necessarily. Uh, of course, there's always something, and I did talk about it a bit. Uh, this is one interesting stat, again, that just has you want to, just leaves you wanting to cry. At 5-4, and four, that is now nine games. Nine. Think about it. Nine games already, right? The Vikings are the only team in the NFL to have led by at least seven points in every single game this season. That's an urban legend. That's the urban legend of this episode. We have led by at least seven points in every single game this season, and we're four and five. That's an urban legend right there in itself. We'll leave the other one. It's a Vikings versus Packers note that goes into next week. I hopefully will remember, but I mean, otherwise it's right there and all that. I can still get to it one way or another. Earlier in the fourth quarter, Thielen was visibly shaking his head, spreading out his arms, kind of like my brother does during fall cleanup season every 10 seconds. Like, what are you doing? Or what the hell? What the bleep, you know, after a hapless run play. This was right after there was a screen to Delvin Cook for a first down. And then it was just, you could just see, he's just like, come on. Why aren't you throwing the, I mean, why aren't we throwing the ball? It was interesting. It was frustrating. Um, 
late in the game. We'll talk about that one in a second. A major note, obviously, that was this was like the game-defining play. Uh, of course, there were quite a few in the game. Again, Justin Jefferson, nine catches for 143 yards, including the 27-yarder, which iced it in a big way. Um, he didn't get in the end zone, but he got the Vikings down the field in position to score, which was absolutely huge. Uh, Vikings in the red zone weren't as bad as they've been in the past. Uh, we were actually halfway decent in the red zone, despite my bitching on Twitter and on Facebook during the course of the game. Because we have been extremely frustrating on those in those uh, situations when it's second and long or something like second and 20. Even first and 20, you go from... We'll get to that in a minute. I almost started getting into it too early. But uh, it, it just, you know, there it felt like they were... The Vikings were focusing more on getting the ball down the field a bit, even against the worst run defense in the NFL, which is ironic because the brand-new coach, Staley, 38 years of age, by the way, of the Los Angeles Superchargers, uh, he's a defensive coordinator coming from the Los Angeles Rams, the other L.A. Rams, uh, the other L.A. team, the, 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 the real one, the original one, you could say. Um, they actually started their run in Los Angeles, where Chargers, I guess, did too, but it was only for a year. The Rams were actually there for quite a while. Yeah, we'll get back to that before moving to St. Louis and coming back. Um, it's just ironic how it's like, okay, you have the worst run defense in the league, and it was kind of working, kind of not. Delvin Cook was pretty good in the game. He wasn't great, but he was good. Definitely well above average. He was able to get about four yards a carry, which is okay. Basically, the Vikings in general averaged about four yards a carry except for a weak kind of reverse play to Justin Jefferson, which had minus four yards. Minus four yards. Um, yeah, sometimes those just don't work, and luckily nobody got hurt. That's a big thing. But uh, generally speaking, how it's just we, we kind of went the other direction. You kind of figured, oh, that figures. It's going to be like hand the ball off 35 times here to uh, Delvin Cook, and then maybe he gets 200 yards or something crazy, which would be cool. But if you're just going to run, 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 I, I don't know. Um, it is just ironic how it worked out that way. It's the worst run defense in the league. Justin Jefferson has one of his biggest games of his career thus far because we finally got the ball headed in his direction 11 times to be exact with the nine catches and 143. I've mentioned that number about 50 times now. Justin Herbert looks really good, obviously, moving forward. Uh, both quarterbacks, though, could have had multiple interceptions in the game. You could say that about 50 times where defensive backs dropped the ball, linebackers, this and that. Uh, defensive players, the ball kind of rolls off their hands, or maybe it would have had to been a spectacular play, kind of like Cameron Bynum's last week, where he was literally flailing in the air and made an unbelievable catch. Guy has got a wonderful future in this league, and it makes you feel good. Makes you feel good. I mean, that's where taking a safety in the draft sometimes is an amazingly good thing. Uh, safeties slip in the draft because teams aren't focused on safeties. They're focused on offensive line, quarterback, uh, wide receiver, running back, skill positions, so to speak. Uh, and, of course, the crucial trench positions as well. Defensive end, uh, you know, left tackle, this and that. Teams are focused on that. Not centers, necessarily. And, of course, back-to-back -back weeks. <laughs> it's just ironic as heck how the, uh, off, uh, how the center, Cole, has replaced Garrett Bradbury. And, well... He's had a better PFF grade in both games, especially the first one. It was the best PFF grade by a center in about two years. So, yeah, <laughs> pretty funny. That was brought up last week on the Score North uh, by Declan Goff, I believe. I believe it was Declan Goff or Mackey. It was one of them. But it's just ironic, though, how that turns out. Uh, clearly, Garrett Bradbury is a bust. Again, first round, you don't take centers. 
and my stupid idiot butt was talking about how excited I'd be if the Vikings won it with Garrett Bradbury after that draft, and well, here, here I am acknowledging my stupidity on that one. I apologize to every Viking fan that uh, uh, I may have annoyed with that pick. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm, mm, that hurts. Um, but yeah, the whole point was that I was trying to make it safeties tend to slip in the draft, and you got a damn good one in uh, Cam Bynum. Very, very exciting. Cameron Bynum, Cam Bynum. He had a sack, obviously, again, glitching the quarterback. Big, big play late in the game. Of course, Evan Everson, I just called him Everson Griffin. Eric Hendricks pushed uh, Herbert back over five uh, over 15 yards, which completely killed the drive, crippled the drive earlier in the game, late in the first half, which was pretty damn cool as well. Absolutely a stud. One of my favorite Vikings of all time is Eric Hendricks. There's no question about it. In fact, he's probably, I think, I'm trying to be careful because I know lots of good linebackers have come and gone. Yeah, I think it is. I think he is my favorite linebacker of all time to suit up for the Vikings and, uh, since since I've been watching full-time and since 92. Jacques Del Rio had some wonderful moments, uh, obviously. Anthony Barr was great for about two years, and then he started to drop off. Anthony Barr was great for about two years, and he started to not be as good. And I even gave him a Tarkington Award last week, which is probably a mistake. It probably should have gone to Cam Bynum last week. Probably should have. And Cam Bynum just about got it this week, too, until Justin Jefferson made the huge play down the stretch, which is obviously a spoiler alert. I think you kind of know where I'm heading. Multiple pass deflections in the game. Again, Eric Hendricks was pretty much, he pretty much is a target and award guy, but so is Bynum. I mean, both of them had a pass deflection, a sack, many good tackles, this and that. Hendricks is everywhere, and I just love him to death. Uh, Nick Vigil, love the smile on Mr. 59 there, that face. That smile on his face when Justin Jefferson pulled down. That clutch catch, which just about wrapped up the game. Just that, that smile. It was kind of a laid back, like, all right, cool kind of smile. It wasn't like a, ah! it was just laid back and cool. I, I, I loved it. Nick Vigil's the kind of guy, you know, I, I'd love to see on the Vikings for many years to come. I really like his game as well. James Lynch, very solid down the stretch as well, helping stop the run for the charges during the course of this game, or the super chargers, I like to call them. Joey Bosa was big time for the chargers. Uh, thankfully, he wasn't. He didn't have a neck injury. His, his, he basically his helmet kind of went into Kirk Cousins' thigh. Luckily, neither player got hurt there. Uh, it was kind of a collision. Vikings offensive line, Bocha and Kirk Cousins all kind of boom in the same area like a triangle of terror. Uh, luckily, Bocha again flew out of that uh, the the tent as they call it without a serious injury. So good job, or good luck, Joey Bosa as uh, his career continues, obviously, in a positive direction. Hell of a player. Hell of a player. No question about that. You can tell I'm a lot more subdued this week. It feels weird. I'm kind of just calm. I'm not like, holy crap, what the hell was that? Because actually, the Vikings did something great. But again, I'm subdued in for, in both ways. Like, I'm not pissed off, screaming and cursing, or, you know, or that. I wasn't screaming and cursing on the show. But I'm not, like, pissed off at how incompetent this was or how incompetent that was. What the hell were they thinking? Sure, there was some of that today. But clearly, clearly there was an adjustment. There was a change. Finally, a change somewhere. It had to happen, right? If somebody's going to intend to save their job and maybe save the season if they honestly believe they still can. I'm not convinced they can, and I'm not convinced they will. But we'll see. Um, That's how that goes. But I'm also not jumping out of my chair going absolutely nuts. We are four and five. We are not seven and seven and three, 
eight and two, which is probably about what we should be, right around there. Six and four. Six and four. Why not six and four? You didn't have to lose every single one of those close games, did you? Again, the Vikings led by at least a touchdown in all nine games. We are the only team in the NFL to have done that, which tells you we're pretty damn good. We're just poor at executing down the stretch. Poor coaching. Poor coaching, especially down the stretch, which breaks your bleeping, bleeping heart, because this could have been a special season. You know? Couldn't it have been, though? Whoops, I'm clicking on uh, uh, I won't say her name. It's this little thing that's shaped like a hockey puck that's got like a speaker all the way around it. Okay, I'll say it. Alexa. Never mind. It just had a ring light up. That's all it really does. But uh, there was a, uh, yeah, the application. I actually bumped it. Uh, my computer updated to Windows 11 for free, which is nice. My new laptop, which is a very solid laptop. Not the overpriced kind, but the solid kind. Um, Got to have something good running when I'm doing podcasts. The other one was literally blowing up in front of me back in July, June, late June. And then I finally lost it and damaged it with my fist. No, I no, I didn't. I almost did. Well, I may have. <laughs> we'll leave that alone. Why am I getting into that? I don't know. I'm kind of in a weird mood. I don't know what to think. Isn't that how you... It, it, isn't that how all of us are thinking right now? Heck, I'm so confused and rattled right now. Not not rattled. Just, just kind of confused and dazed. The Vikings played at an odd time, like 3-ish o'clock, because it was a West Coast game. So instead of like... Sun, uh, and so I'm, I'm recording the first segment much later than I normally would on those wonderful Nooner games. I have hockey on in the background, not football. Of course, Sunday night will be on per tradition in the later segments. But it's like, I'm not mad. I'm not... And I'm not excited either. But it just shows how good this... I, I'm kind of dazed and confused and just sad, you know, because this could have been... An awesome season. The, doesn't this tell you that? I mean, we, we would have destroyed Baltimore. And just look what happened to Baltimore this past Thursday. It doesn't matter if the score was kind of semi-close, which it really wasn't. Look who they lost to. Look who they lost to. I don't care if it was a road game. Look who they lost to. Uh, seriously. And it was pretty much a one-sided game the whole time on Thursday night. Two, two weeks before Thanksgiving, the greatest holiday of the year, other than, you know, that one and Christmas are the two best. In my opinion, July 4th, 3rd, about the... Okay, I'll stop. Memorial 4th. Okay. <laughs> oh, I better stop. You notice I didn't say New Year's or Halloween, right? I didn't, because I, I don't put them in the top. <laughs> um, God, that drives me nuts. We should have blown Baltimore right out of the water. God! I, I'm just mad, you know? I'm, I'm mad and depressed a little bit. I, oh, you know, I'm not guaranteeing any kind of home field advantage throughout the playoffs or anything, but maybe, maybe, I mean, you know, maybe it could have happened, you know, and, and I'm not one of those fans, I'm not doing this as one of those purple and gold shade fans saying, see, we could have been this good, we are, yeah, see, we were this, we were this close to being this, yeah, but no, I'm, I'm an angry, frustrated, heartbroken fan that says we should have won more than we did. Should have beaten Dallas easily. We should have beaten Dallas standing up. We played a guy named... I can't... I, what was his name, even? I don't even remember his name. There was something with Cooper in it. Gary Cooper, maybe. Baltimore was awful and a complete mess. They were they were a dumpster fire that whole game until the end when they finally started executing properly. They were a dumpster fire! They were awful! They were starting to fall apart. Vikings should have blown them out, like 34-17 to 17 or something. Instead, you lose 34-31. Why? Dallas. Again, Cooper, whatever the heck. Let's, okay, I'll click on it because I, I just want to torture myself as much. Cooper Rush. 
Who the hell is Cooper Rush? I don't know. It's just Cooper Rush. And then we almost lost to Detroit. That's another one. We almost lost to Detroit. We almost lost to Carolina. That's the other side of it, where we should have beaten Dallas and Baltimore. We almost lost to Carolina and Detroit. Do you realize that? Crazy. Should have beaten Cincinnati and Arizona. But again, we should have. We could have easily lost to Detroit or Carolina. You keep coming back to that. Just drives me nuts. Why didn't the Vikings win most of these games? You know, you lose a couple here and there. That's football. Bullcrap happens. But why don't you execute a little better? You know, gosh darn it. Maybe what's his, maybe old what's-his-name makes his 37-yarder. Or we execute better before that. Or freaking Cook doesn't fumble against Cincy. Ah, just always some bullcrap. And maybe we don't check down 57 times and third and nine. Check down to a guy three yards down the field, uh, three yards away. And then there's like three defenders like behind him with nobody blocking. And it's like, okay, come on, break all those tackles. Oh, you didn't break them? Well, you, well, gee, well, well, gee, he didn't break him. Oh, well, punting team, let's go. Oh, my God, it drives me nuts. I think it drives everybody nuts. Everybody. See, now I'm starting to get agitated. See, now are you happy? Are you happy I'm pissed off now? Because this team could have been 6-4, 7-3, and 8-2. But we're 4-5. But we're and five. It is what it is, right? Yeah, let's let's keep wearing those purple shades. Everything's going to be fine. You know, re, uh, yep, give Zimmer that three-year extension because he finally had him throw a pass to Justin Jefferson. No, crying in a bucket. That's what my mom just said. So for crying in a bucket, your team won today. Uh, uh, crying in a bucket. The only crying in a bucket I'm going to do is like the same theme I keep saying. Should have been better this year, man. This should have been a better season. Easily could have been. But that's what you get for, uh, you know, being so gosh darn constipated every damn week until this one. You know? I mean, it's not like we blew the Chargers out, but we beat a good team on the road. That's the whole thing. You beat a good team on the road. A damn good quarterback without Patrick Peterson. You know, without Harrison Smith, the legendary Harrison Smith. Cameron Bynum might be better than him right now. At this stage in their careers, he might be a little bit better. I know that's sacrilegious. I can't talk like that. That's just evil. Like, come on, Joey, shut the hell up. Harrison Smith's a legend. I, yep, I love Harrison Smith. But if Cameron Bynum's a little bit better right now, so be it, Jedi. I'm glad he's playing. Bottom line, I'm glad he's playing in, in, you know, at the moment. Uh, again, uh, let's get to the, the clutch play here. Wrap this up a little bit. It was first and 20 because another bull S BS uh, holding call. Whatever, just just be a little more disciplined, you idiots. Come on, Ole and all of you. Ole Udo's losing it. And then there's just no sign of uh, the rookie. There's no sign of the rookie guard, which is really depressing. It drives me nuts. Um, it was first and 20, another check down, three-yard gain. I think this was Delvin Cook or Conklin. It might have been Conklin. Wow, what a great deal this is. Or no, it, this one was a Cook. Second and 17. Second and 17, it's like, well, you know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> you know what's going to happen. The Los Angeles Superchargers are going to march down the field, put this into OT, and then they're going to they're gonna beat us later on. We're just going to fail miserably one way or another if we win the toss or not. We'll just lose again. That's what's going to happen. 100% chance. Second and 17, fairly deep in our territory. Haven't gotten the first down yet. Another three and out. And then Cook somehow broke a tackle. Uh, with that little extra effort and got 11 yards. Third and six. Third and six. That's not bad. Watch, though. We'll check down three yards or Kirk Cousins will get sacked or something or forced to throw the ball away. And then, no. 
The ball's in the air. It's not getting thrown away. Jefferson's reaching up, making the catch. You could see both feet were down. At first they thought maybe the ball was bobbling out. And I'm like, oh no, here we go again. The ball was coming out. But no, you look closely, it never was coming out. Clearly, Justin Jefferson had made the catch for 27 yards on a third and six. 27 yards. Not only did we go for it, we really went for it. Um, like, we're going to actually go down the field and bury you guys. Of course, the Vikings would get another BS uh, penalty down the stretch, but it didn't matter. We still were able to execute the first down. Thank God. I don't know. I mean, it was a wonderful feeling. A couple of clutch first downs that wrapped it up for the uh, the Chargers. Chargers ended up losing the game. We were able to kneel down. Victory formation, all that cute stuff. Vikings escape with a win. Again, multiple passes down the field to Justin Jefferson. A lot of them were just simply for first downs. They were actually up the middle passes, you know, like across the middle, as they call them, and you get a little physical. Justin Jefferson posed at the flex and all that stuff on one of those catches in, like, late, uh, in the fourth quarter. Helped the Vikings end up winning the game. Again, uh, he averaged... 16, well, 15.9 yards per catch. So it's like nothing crazy down the field. And then that 27-yarder was the long. So there was no huge play down the field necessarily, but it's, regardless, it was a huge play, generally speaking. The fact that our buddy uh, Justin Jefferson was able to get that 27-yarder, that literally saved the day because I think the L.A. Superchargers would have came down the field and won. Uh, a very telling statistic that I took a picture of so I didn't forget. We're talking really telling here, folks. It is, uh, I was like, this, yeah, we are going to lose. Like, just watch. You know, we're going to fail miserably because it was the old check down. And then we ha handed off the ball, by the way. So that's where we got insanely lucky. Handing the ball off on second and 17. Don't forget that part. That Delvin Cook was able to break for 11 yards. He broke a tackle or two, miraculously, to get 11 yards. It's not because Delvin Cook sucks. It's because the play sucked. You know, it's because the play sucked. That, uh, you know, just the, the thought process sucked. Not the play. The thought process sucked. On, on second and 17, hoping to God, please, in the name of <laughs> in the name of God, break a couple tackles so we can get either close to a first down or a first down. And, it, you know, and somehow he miraculously did get 11 yards, putting us into decent position. And then we take the chance down the field on third and six. Third and relatively short. Kind of crazy. Record in one-score games. This was right around that time, right before that drive started. The fateful drive. Vikings two and five. So of course a losing record in one-score games. Chargers four and two, which just kind of spells more than likely. The, you know this thing is headed towards either overtime. I mean, more than likely headed to overtime with the Chargers winning. Vikings will probably end up punting the ball back to the Chargers, but the Chargers never got the ball back again. Thankfully, due to those fateful plays down the stretch. With all of that said, Justin Jefferson will bring home Fran Tarkington Award number one, I think, this season. I forget if he got one earlier. Maybe he shared one earlier this year, and I'm sure he had at least two last year. Uh, the guy who should have won Rookie of the Year, but this is the other guy. Who, this is the guy that actually did get it, so you can't complain too much. He's pretty damn good. All of his stats are adding up to pretty legendary numbers uh, early on in the first amount of games of his career. Pretty crazy touchdowns and completion percentage and quarterback rating. It's all pretty damn beautiful. And it's not like he has the greatest group of weapons around him, even though he does have good weapons. But, yeah, it's not like, oh, my God, you know, he's just lucky. Kirk Cousins has great weapons. Kirk Cousins should have spectacular numbers. He has great weapons, and everybody knows it. Uh, the 
Christian Potter Memorial. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. Just some of the calls down the stretch to Conklin were kind of frustrating this and that. Heck, even D.D. Westbrook ran for 69 yards in the game. And uh, Nwang Wu also had a 30, uh, excuse me, a 23-yard return on a kickoff. It's kind of weird. Yeah, a lot of kickoffs never happen because of uh, touchbacks or, no, yeah, touchbacks and kickoffs. Those always happen. Punts, they're not supposed to. Jordan Berry in the 20 twice and no touchbacks. Same with the uh, Ty Long. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers, he was great. Linval Joseph, a couple of tackles. So he's on the Chargers now. Linval Hungry, as they called him. Linval Joseph. Um, dare I be a jackass and say something? I don't want to be a jackass. But it's like, how about the injury situation on the contract of Michael Pierce? That almost Today, that almost is where I want to go when it comes to the Christian Power Memorial. Seriously, we signed him for how much? And he has, he's played, like, what, four games so far? The guy's never available. It's really bullcrap at the end of the day. Extremely frustrating beyond belief that the, uh, yeah, with Michael Pierce. And it's like, he's just useless, unfortunately. Uh, I, I hate to be a jerk about it, but he's been useless, to <laughs> to be blunt about it. I, I'm not really mad at anybody. Uh, Breland wasn't that great, but he was okay. He was okay. He didn't get absolutely roasted out there, Rashad Breland. I'm not that mad at him. Um, none of the receivers deserve any complaining. Cameron Bynum, he's pretty much right up there with, right up there with Eric Hendricks for the Fran Award, but it wound up being stolen away by Jefferson. Dancer was adequate. He almost ended the game with the INT. It just didn't quite happen. Yeah, I'm just going to say uh, Michael Pierce's contract. It's just frustrating. That's another urban legend as well. Like, geez, we were like optimistic bringing him in, and it's just, it's been a total bust. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, Mason Cole, wonderful, uh, wonderful addition at center right now. Kind of like throwing darts at a, throwing darts in the dark, and we actually hit the target. Not at the bullseye, but we hit the target with uh, Mr. Mason Cole at center. I think we hit a target. At least he might be somewhat of a center, a respectable center for the Minnesota Vikings at the end of the day, which is nice. You know, thank God for that. With that said, though, it's been a lot longer segment than I expected. I'll step away now, and we'll look across the NFL right after this. We are back right away for segment number two. Sunday Night Football, not in the background just yet. Got a little Edmonton Oilers and St. Louis Blues action. Connor McDavid, you know, Leon Dreisaitl, guys like that. I happen to be a hockey fan. Check out Brave the Wild if you could. Brave the Wild, another contact sport. That uh, is a podcast I do about the Minnesota Wild. Let's look around the league a bit again. Next week's opponent, the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. Thursday night football, and doesn't this just piss you off? Again, Vikings should have crushed Baltimore because they lost 22-10 to against the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins win their second game in a row, which is pretty rare over there these days. I like Miami. Happen to be a Dolphins fan a little bit. Not really like a real Dolphins fan, but I'm like a closet little fan of their team. I want them to do better. 
whatever. They're terrible. They're they're horrible. And so is Baltimore. Baltimore's horrible, frankly. Even though they have a decent record, they're horrible. And they were horrible against us. They were horrible, okay, pardon me, against the uh, Miami Dolphins. It's a lot of the same junk. The turnovers, attempting 43 passes by Jackson. Lamar Jackson, that is. Rashad Bateman putting up some numbers. The former gopher wide receiver doing a good job in Baltimore. He's not the first big-time Minnesota a Gophers wide receiver to wind up in Baltimore. It's been like three now, hasn't it? I know Ron Johnson wound up there, and I think another one did not that long ago. Huh. I'm like 99% sure. Justin Tucker missed a kick today. Wow. Justin Tucker missed a kick. I'm not sure how far away it was, but he made a 46-yarder. Somebody called Jason Sanders made three. Uh, 31-yard was one of them. That's cute. Um, uh, Sam Cook. Isn't he like the owner of Sam Adams? I think he is. Or is it Jim Cook? No, it's Jim Cook. Damn! I thought I had it. Well, Sam Adams, Sam Cook. Okay, whatever. Baltimore had, what, four sacks in the game? Miami, yeah, they really got to Lamar Jackson quite a bit. Good for them. They end up winning 22-10 to 10 and leaving us like, what the hell? Dallas versus Atlanta. Jeez. I thought the Vikings had a really close game, but it was Cooper Rush, a quarterback. Dak Prescott returned last week and did a whole lot of nothing. This week, Atlanta, what are you doing out there? What are you doing out there, Atlanta? Are you you serious? Are you just kind of joking around? Or what the hell is this crap? Uh, Matt Ryan was able to complete nine passes in the game. And Josh Rosen entered and threw an interception. He completed one of six. Man, he sucks. Josh Rosen's terrible. One, uh, two interceptions for Matt Ryan. Just got obliterated by the Dallas defense. Dak Prescott threw for a couple touchdowns. Cooper Rush, the legendary Cooper Rush, completed three passes to add to his tiny uh, career amount of pass completions. Still under 100, I'm sure. Um, wow. Uh, what, a, what a weird game. Weird. Ezekiel Elliott got in the end zone twice, fumbled once, and on up with 41 yards and less than three yards of carry. Okay. C.D. Lamb had a nice day, though. Not sure if Justin J. Justin Jefferson will take the yards. They both had about the same average per catch. A couple of touchdowns for C.D. Lamb, but only 94 yards. Maybe Justin Jefferson would have taken the touchdowns instead. I'm sure the fantasy brothers out there would have. Big time. But, I don't know. Atlanta just uh, fell out the face of the earth today. Dallas wins 43-3. Let's move on quickly. Tennessee, who actually has the number one record in the AFC at the moment. 8-2. They're the only 8-2 team in the AFC. Nolens drops to 5-4. and four. Not sure what to say about the New Orleans Saints. 23-21. to 21. Not a bad game, though. This was on before the Viking game, of course. Tannehill was just his usual solid self, completing a decent uh, percentage and all that. Trevor Simeon threw two touchdown passes and 300 yards, basically. Not bad, just under 300, and a quarterback rating over 100. Trevor Simeon actually looks halfway decent. I would rather have Trevor Simeon than Sean Mannion any day of the week. And I remember how people were kind of like rolling their eyes at Trevor Simeon when he was here. I'll take him over Sean Mannion any day. Any day. Um, it looks like a, at least a decent guy who can fill in, and he's going to have to fill in at this point because there ain't going to be <laughs> ain't going to be no uh, Jameis Winston with an ACL. So, man. Oof, Tennessee. That defense knows what they're doing. The offense knows what they're doing. And they don't have... Uh, they don't have Henry anymore for the rest of the year with his injury. Adrian Peterson returns, rushes for 21 yards. Very mediocre at best, two and a half yards a carry. Dante Foreman, about the same. <laughs> the running game ain't working out, unfortunately, but they're still winning football games. 
It's a shame. I mean, Tennessee could win the AFC and go to the Super Bowl, but they'd probably lose at this point because there's just, you know, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Tennessee wins the Super Bowl this year. Maybe they're going to be that dark horse, kind of like the Denver Broncos were years ago, where they kind of had a committee, a running back committee. And then Adrian Peterson gets a ring. With the uh, the best running back in the NFL going out with injury, Adrian Peterson comes in, averages like 22 yards a game or something, and ends up winning the Super Bowl with uh, him and Dante Foreman. And then Tannehill is his solid self and the Tennessee defense and the intelligent offense. High IQ overall team just gets it done when it matters most. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, maybe maybe that's going to happen. Maybe Tennessee's going to be like what Denver was in 2015. They had a quarterback who couldn't throw the ball 11 yards, kind of like Breeze last year. A running game that was kind of just committee, but then the defense was great. And they won the Super Bowl against Carolina. Let's get back to Carolina in a minute, too. Wow, that's another one that's uh, kind of urban legend-like. Indianapolis Colts get the job done versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, who continue to stink and need more and more help around Trevor Lawrence, and Lawrence needs to help himself as well. He could get a little bit better. He could stand to get better. He's not been good thus far in his career, throwing 35 passes, only completing 16 of them, and just nothing else to say. At least he didn't turn the ball over. Carson Wentz, more sharp, but again, also did not throw a touchdown. Jonathan Taylor kind of literally carried the day for the Colts, 116 yards, carrying almost six yards of carry with a touchdown in the game. Guys like Michael Pittman, Naheem Hines helped out as well. Often a nice little third down back, and he's returned a couple punts here and there. Anderson Dejo, the fact he's in the lineup with <laughs> uh, the other former Viking uh, member of the secondary, Xavier Rose, it's just kind of funny. So maybe that'll come back and bite them later, but at least they're back up to 500, which is weird, because they look so good. And Carson Wentz has been so good this year, and they're 500. It's weird. It's really weird. Uh, they've had a few cl- close losses. They're kind of like the Vikings that way. Oh, Vince Germano. Oof. Ah, remember how good Cleveland looked starting out the season? They're going to win the AFC North. They looked so good. Oh, boy. And Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year last year. Oh, boy. He went up against the real coach of the year. Yeah, I mean, this guy might get it. Remember him? Do you remember the guy? Do you remember this one guy who, you know, Started his career with the Cleveland Browns. Was okay. He had a 3-0 start one of those seasons. Was was okay. Halfway decent. Kind of brought some decency to Cleveland. Went to the Jets. Was very meh at best. Actually really wasn't good at all. And then the New England Patriots traded for him before the 2001 season. And the rest is history. Do you remember that guy? It's Bill Belichick. 45-7. to The New England Patriots are now 6-4. and Don't look now, but they are 6-4 and and a playoff team. 45 to 7. 45 to 7. Vince Germano is livid right now. I can just imagine some of the things he's saying. Case Keenum and Baker Mayfield, nothing to say. Case Keenum did complete two thirds of his passes, so yay, I guess that's great. Mac Jones, though, 19 of 23, just making it look easy. Even Brian Hoyer threw for a touchdown, completed all of his passes. Perfect quarterback rating because it was three passes and a touchdown. 158.3. That is perfect. Beautiful stuff. Somebody named Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre. Marandre. Ramondre Stevenson. (laughs) Five yards of carry. Two touchdowns. Miracle fantasy pickup for about five people on the whole planet. Probably there. Wow. That would be a miracle pickup. Maybe it puts you 
over the edge into uh, becoming a playoff team. Mac Jones, three touchdowns, spectacular day. Cleveland looks like crud. Kind of pisses me off that we lost to them, but we did. Wow. Pisses me off. Everybody's sucking that we played against. Maybe so much for that uh, winning, that bad record against uh, winning teams. Cleveland might not have a winning record the way the season is going. Cincy might not either. They haven't been so good either. Buffalo, who just took a crap at least once or twice, particularly in that Jacksonville game. Nobody knows what that was all about. They went into another awful team, this time in New York, to play the Jets. 45-17. Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> Buffalo's back on track. Yeah, I would say so. Just just look at the win probability. The minimum win probability in this game was 85.2. Or did it get lower in the up? Oh, 85.3 late in the second quarter. And then it just kind of hovered in the upper 90s the rest of the way. Yep. Buffalo making it look easy despite throwing an interception by uh, Mr. Josh Allen. Stefan Diggs saying, hey, you guys are all cocky there with Justin Jefferson, who's starting to come off as a little bit of a cocky guy, but that's okay, I guess, for now. Yeah, I probably wouldn't like him if he was on another team, but okay, we'll take it. If he's going to make big plays for us, that's great. Stefan Diggs is like waving his little finger like he does sometimes at people. I could just see him doing that. Uh, 162 yards and a touchdown. He's waving his finger at us right now saying, hey, don't get too excited. I'm still on the better team and I got a better, I still beat Justin Jefferson today with a touchdown and 162 yards. So we'll see. We'll see if I'm right about the Buffalo pick. They, well, they're going to have to get past Tennessee. I think they could. We'll have to wait and see. We'll talk about Detroit and Pittsburgh in a minute here. Holy, what the heck is that? And then Washington somehow beats Tampa Bay, and then Ron Rivera gives this beautiful speech after the game. Oh, blah, 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 you know. Yeah, I'm happy. I mean, I, I suppose they would be excited after beating a world champion team and forcing multiple interceptions on Tom Brady. Did not have his best game <clears throat> as a member of the Bucks or the Patriots. Mike Evans got in the end zone once and all that with a catch. <clears throat> Antonio Gibson got in the end zone twice for Washington. Taylor Heineke had a very, very, very efficient game. Did not turn the ball over. Quarterback rating of 110 with 256 and a TD. Good for him. And they spread the ball all over the place. Did watch it in multiple, tons of receivers with three or more catches and 50-ish yards and such. Good overall day for the Washington Redskins. And again, forcing turnovers. I just called them the Redskins. The Washington W's, I guess. Formerly known as the Redskins. Beat up on the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, causing them to get their third loss of the season. The Washington W's, the Washington Gophers, the Washington Red Tails, whatever the heck they're going to call them, that was one of the ideas. You know, they had the entire offseason to come up with a new name. I guess is the Washington football team going to be the, na the same name? I like the uniforms. I like the number on the helmet. I think it looks really cool. But eventually, it's like, okay, or you're not a college team or whatever. You're not some little college team that plays in the state of, or that plays in Washington, D.C. So can we move on here? Yeah. Maybe keep the same color scheme or something. They were established in 1932. They want to remind us about that. That's cool. A lot older than the Vikings, let me tell you. <laughs> but I don't know. You could keep the same color scheme, even. I wouldn't mind about that. It's kind of cool. It's classic, but... I don't know. Do we have to just call them the football team? That's why I call them the W's. What is this? The NFC Championship game in 2015? 2015 season when Carolina went 15-1 and and Arizona went 13-3? and Great Arizona team, but Carolina was like, yeah, we're still better than you, nah, 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 boo, boo, and 
a guy named Cam Newton was doing his Superman pose that he always does. You know, Arizona actually was like halfway decent in the game. In fact, because the whole planet picked Arizona to win this game. And then Cam Newton rushes up the middle, passes to Robbie Anderson. It's 14 nothing before you know it. Less than eight minutes into the game. And what the heck? It's pretty wild. Pretty wild stuff. P.J. Walker ends up being the main quarterback, but Cam Newton has some big moments here and there. Uh, stunning. Stunning to watch. Cam Newton returns, and the, uh, at least for a little while, Carolina Panthers are dominating over the Arizona Cardinals, but I guess it doesn't help <clears throat> when there's no Kyler Murray. you got Colt McCoy at quarterback again, and somebody named Chris Strevler. That doesn't help either. Colt McCoy below average at best, if not terrible. I don't know. Carolina just crushed him really bad. <clears throat> not a good football game, really, at the end of the day, but good for Carolina for a minute. Seeing Superman return in Carolina somehow is 500. Arizona 8-2 and two and still the top team in the NFC, at least for a moment. <clears throat> Until the Green Bay Slackers take over. Great. That'll be great. Philadelphia and Denver, what a mess. It seems like these teams play all the time. I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy and I'm getting mixed up in the head. But Philadelphia all over Denver early and often. 30-13. to 13. <clears throat> A couple of wild moments here and there. Tackles that weren't made. That just murdered and ruined the game for the Denver Broncos. Definitely not some good moments in today's game. Jalen Hurts had a 31-yard scamper. Boston squat 23. But yeah, look look at the running game for Philly. Jeez, Mike Zimmer would love this. Jordan Howard, the former Bear, 83 yards, 7 yards to carry. Boston Scott, 81 yards. 7.5 yards to carry. Neither of them got in the end zone either. And then the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, also almost 4 yards to carry. 53 yards. Jeez. Yeah, he rushed 14 times in the game. Used his legs a bit. Teddy Bridgewater, just kind of average. No touchdowns, no turnovers either. Just a mediocre day overall. Had a crazy couple of moments here. Weird, weird overall crazy game at the end of the day that uh, drove some people nuts. Absolutely crazy. 30 to 13. Jeez. Uh, let's keep going. Kansas City and Las Vegas, it's already on. I better change the channel, even though it's cool seeing Edmonton. Of course, I can't really even really see it. Kansas City and Las Vegas have started. The uh, AFC West. O'Reilly. Let's see, I'll switch it. I hate to come out there. I like hockey, damn it. <laughs> but you got to enjoy some... Uh, got to have football on when you're talking football. What the heck? I mean, well, because it was on ESPN+. Plus. Yes, I'm one of those fortunate people. Kansas City has the ball starting out the game, and there they are. The Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders are actually still ahead of the Chiefs, but we all know what's going to happen. We all know. Because Kansas City, or excuse me, Las Vegas is kind of a mess, but maybe things will change. Kansas City's a mess, too. That's the one thing. I mean, they barely beat a Packer team with nobody. <laughs> so, talking about Packers with nobody, we'll get back to that later. The Bears must have been off this week. They don't play tomorrow. The Los Angeles Rams visit San Francisco. That should be cool. LA Rams trying to be the top team in the NFC as well. Two teams that will not be at the top of their conference anytime soon, especially Detroit, since we're in the NFC North roundup now. Detroit didn't lose today, but they didn't win either. It was a tie. Just another terrible mistake. Pittsburgh just couldn't get the job done. In OT, they had a opportunity and they blew it. 
It was kind of funny. Mason Rudolph was fairly efficient in the game, but he had an interception. Jared Goff, mediocre at best. DeAndre Swift ran the ball a million times. Now, 33, that's a lot. That's like going back in the day with guys like Ricky Williams and such back in the day with Miami and uh, the New Orleans Saints. Najee Harris, again, who has seen the ball a million times during the course of the season. It's been reduced a little bit, but not as much today. Both teams ran the ball quite a bit. 26 rushes for Najee Harris. The Pittsburgh Steelers end up sharing a tie with the Detroit, uh, Detroit Pistons. I just called them that. The Detroit Lions in, in Pittsburgh. Oh, kind of funny. Uh, Detroit cannot win a game. They just cannot win a game. They had it, and they blew it, too. They had an opportunity, and they blew it. Kind of heartbreaking. But that's how that goes. I'm kind of curious now how all this turns out. Oh, man. Kind of depressing, you know? I, I, I kind of almost like Detroit. want them to do something. Kind of, sort of. It would be nice. I'm trying to let this play out a bit here. Man, why is it so crazy? Detroit was up 16-10 to 10 in the game. In the third quarter. But that's how that goes. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? This isn't what I want to see. Doesn't do you any good at all, actually. It's just highlights. That's not actually like what happened at the end, but um, whatever. Uh, what more is there to say? Detroit can't win a game. Pittsburgh isn't that good either. And I don't know. They're 5-3-1. and one. The record's okay. They just kind of screwed around. Detroit couldn't finish the job either. That's just kind of how that goes. Green Bay. Now let's just talk about Green Bay. I mean, who cares about Detroit? They're not going to win a game all year, probably. They ho they hosted the Seattle Seahawks. Aaron Rodgers is back, despite what everybody wants to say about him. Bad this, bad that. Eight and two record, and ruling the NFC at the at the moment. Unfortunately, seventeen nothing over the Seattle Seahawks, a team the Vikings beat. And Russell Wilson returned and threw two interceptions. Packers defense did a good job. Russell Wilson wasn't sharp. Only 50% of his passes were completed. Somebody called Alex Collins ran the ball for them a few times. Gerald Everett, DK Metcalf, guys like that. There was just nothing. It's hard to even gauge what's going to happen with the Packers other than they're probably going to be back rocking and rolling next week. Maybe the Vikings carry some momentum after the win and the desperation and want to get back to 500, obviously, in order to keep the season alive. Devontae got him 78 yards. No touchdowns in the game. A.J. Dillon ran in the ball twice. Instead of Aaron Jones, it was A.J. Dillon running the ball in twice for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers not that sharp in his return against a Seattle defense that isn't any good. And it was a home game and such. I don't know. It's just a big, giant distraction. I got a feeling Packers are going to drop off, especially in the, for the Vikings' momentum after today. Who knows? <clears throat> Interesting history between these two teams. We played each other a million times. 63-55-3 all-time. That's the Vikings uh, trailing the Packers. That's the Packers leading the series, unfortunately. Things started out kind of not so good because, yeah, not good at all. The Packers were really damn good back in the early 60s, way back in the day. One, two, three, four, five, six. They lost the first six games to Green Bay. The Vikings finally won one by one point in 1964. <laughs> So we were 1-9 versus Green Bay until we won by 3 in 1966. So I can start to get a little better. And then things just took over from September 22nd, 1968 all the way up until October 22nd, 1978. 
wrap your head around that one. Vikings were 19-3 and during that stretch. Then we tied in overtime, 10-10 to and 78. Mediocre Vikings and Packers team tied there. 1979, Vikings won in overtime in the Met. That was in the Met. The game before was in Lambeau, as it was still there back then. The Met is obviously long gone, unfortunately, but it was there back in 79 and blah, blah, blah. Then the Packers, believe it or not, even in the early 80s, dominated the Vikings in a big way. So like five, I got one and five up until 82. Vikings win in OT. And then the Packers went five in a row going up to 86. Vikings win two in a row. Packers win four in a row. And then it was like a two wins, two losses. And then the Vikings started to have some dominance in the early 90s in the Dennis Green era, the early part of it anyway. And then when the Packers got super good by 96, things started changing that way again in the Packers' favor. And there was a bit 500-ish with the Packers kind of having a slight lead. And pretty much ever since 2003-ish, the Packers, you know, with again, there was three wins in a row for Green Bay, three wins in a row for Minnesota. And the Packers have generally dominated the Vikings ever since for the last 17 years or so. Though the Vikings did have a three-game win streak at the end of 08. Vikings win by one point in the Metrodome in 2008. A mediocre Viking team. Then, of course, we sweep them with Brett Favre. The next year, they sweep us, and it's just been pretty bad, generally speaking, with a couple of little jump-up seasons. The Vikings uh, would go would win one game, and they'd win one game most seasons. And then in 17, the Vikings swept Green Bay, of course, again with the injury to Aaron Rodgers. Easy, easy win when the Vikings became 13-3, and whooping up on the Packers 16-0 with uh, Brett, I forget his last name now, Brett something. It was, it was another Brett, but it was the wrong one. I know it starts, Hundley starts with an H. Yep, Hundley, 16-0 win. They couldn't do anything. The Packers won three in a row after the Vikings had won a couple. Yeah, we had a tie with, uh, oh yeah, with the three missed kicks in a row by Dan Carlson. God, Vikings wound up winning later in the year, but we still missed the playoffs. Three losses in a row, both of the 19 games, which is really bad considering the Vikings we're in contention to win the division that year, but we couldn't beat Green Bay either time. That's bad, including that 23-10 to 10 loss. <clears throat> Again, the Vikings were kind of like in kind of in screw-it mode in a way, like we weren't going to be able to catch the Packers, and we weren't going to move down out of the playoffs either, but it was still stupid and bullcrap. Vikings have won the most recent game, 28-22 to 22 in Green Bay last year. That was kind of cool, but it didn't mean a whole lot because the Vikings were falling off the face of the earth already by that stage. 63-55 and 3 all time. Vikings and Packers, it is the uh, most frequent matchup of all time. But then again, I suppose we played Detroit and Chicago just as many times. They were around before us also. Definitely a very uh, interesting history between the two teams for many, 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 many years. It's been fun. It's been crazy. It's been dramatic. It's been this, it's been that. I just realized I didn't write in the post-game thing again. Oh, my God. Give me 10 seconds here. As now it's posted. Apologize for that. I'm just crazy. Oh, it like was there and I didn't press the button. Uh, stupid, stupid, stupid. So, hopefully, now that's going to be limited again. Hopefully, I didn't mess that up too bad. How will the Vikings do versus Green Bay? I think the Vikings win. I, I think the Vikings win and get to 500. Uh, maybe it's optimistic. It is in U.S. Bank Stadium. It is a nooner, which is great. Love that it's a nooner. I do think the Vikings defeat the Green Bay Packers in U.S. Bank Stadium. It's going to be very interesting how things turn out. 
I don't think the vibe's good in Green Bay right now. The record is gaudy, but the vibe is kind of crappy. I think the vibe in Minnesota is a little bit better. Right now, maybe you see Justin Jefferson eclipse the, eclipse the century mark again, and he probably will. Um, Delvin Cook last year ran for 163 yards against the Green Bay Packers, and that's when I wrote, something's cooking in Minnesota, and we were all excited. How things were cooking, this and that. Um, I think you can run on Green Bay, maybe not spectacularly. The pass rush in the past had been pretty dangerous, but at times it's, you know, it's, it's all over the place. Their defense is all over the place. It's inconsistent. It's hard to really say what to think about the Green Bay Packers and defense and all that. It's it's an absolute mess, honest to God. Green Bay's overall defense is 12th in the league in terms of yards and such. Yep. Oh, actually, yeah. It's a it's total yards per game, basically. Um, it's interesting statistic there. Green Bay 12th overall and against the rush. Green Bay. Kind of like in the middle of the road. They're like middle of the road. Looks to be about 17th in the league. So mediocre defense, generally speaking, in Green Bay this year. They've been better in the past. They've had good moments, and they've struggled. They're definitely they're tougher against the pass than they are against the yards. Again, I do not... Do not be surprised if Delvin Cook eclipses the century mark. He should. He almost did today. But I do expect Justin Jefferson to have another solid day, generally speaking. Green Bay now has 11 interceptions. It's showing 9. So depending on how other teams did, New England has 13 on the season, which leads the league. Multiple teams have 11, but they have a lot more uh, you know, yards given up, like Dallas and New Orleans, particularly in the passing game. Rams have 12, had 12 coming into the game. New England had 13 coming into the game. They have more now. But uh, Green Bay decent, obviously, again, they have 11 with the two interceptions on Russell Wilson. I do think the Vikings win, though. I think the vibe is better, unless Rodgers just kind of wakes up and gets back at it again. I got a feeling the vibe's changing there, unfortunately. You know, and it's for a dumb reason, in my opinion. A lot of people might think, oh, whatever, Joey. You know, that's his own fault. Eh, eh, you know, maybe I don't see the world quite the same on some of that. I kind of don't. You know, it, I'll just leave it at that at the end of the day. But I think the Vikings come out and win the game. I think it's going to be relatively lower scoring. I don't think either team gets in the 30s in this game. It'll be relatively lower scoring. Might be something along the likes of 27 to 24. Vikings end up squeaking by Green Bay. Maybe it goes to OT and it's 30-27. to 27, Something like that. But the Vikings end up winning by 3 versus the Green Bay Packers. I expect Delvin Cook to get well over 100. And I do think, yeah, I think he's going to get in the end zone as long as he stays healthy, this and that. Justin Jefferson reaches 100 yards again. I think he'll have back-to-back weeks with 100 yards because the Vikings are seeing what they need to do more. We'll see, though. Maybe we go right back in our shell and we screw ourselves hardcore. Or, again, it's just Delvin Cook is so damn good, we win anyway. Kind of like last season. With that said, Vikings win by three regardless. And advance to five and five on the season. With that, we'll take a break and get to fan interaction after this.
And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction segment finale for this episode. Want to thank, uh, let's get to Twitter account first, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. But before I even get to that, almost forgot about the Vicket account. As usual, always forgetting stuff, right? Social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. The Vigit Betting League's a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sportsbook, bet-free coins, win real prizes. Betting stats. There's great information available on the Vigit like line movement where the public is betting. This is not real money wagering. It is like fantasy betting. It's fun, enjoyable, and you can actually win real prizes. It is an application for Apple or Android devices. One other thing, too, there's another application out there that I strongly urge you to get. It is the Crypto.com application. Crypto.com. <clears throat> Basically, you could pretty much look in crypto, and you should be able to find it in Apple or Android devices. I encourage you to get on that. You can trade some crypto, <laughs> trade cryptocurrency. Pretty, pretty cool. You can come up way ahead. I'm thousands ahead with the Shiba Inu uh cryptocurrency. I made some money off Doge a while back, D-O-G-E, uh, Bitcoin. Everybody's made money off of that, seems like. But, uh, you know, obviously that one is way up there in price. But, of course, you only you, you, you don't have to buy the whole damn coin to be able to invest in it. You can buy tiny, tiny, microscopic fractions of a coin as well. That's how stocks work. You don't have to buy an entire share. You know, so it works just like the stock market in a lot of ways. Though in some ways it's more lucrative, I would have to say, especially buying in uh, ones that are worth less than a penny of, of dollars per coin. Those can be extremely lucrative if you get into the right place, right time. This and that, like Shiba Inu, Doge, Elon, uh, the, the uh, ticker or uh, symbol for that one is E-L-O-N. I encourage you to do that. You join now. Uh Putting me as a, your referral, I'll put the link up on the page. See, when you join, you, you click on the link, it'll bring up the application, and it'll mention me as a referral. We each get 25 bucks. That's a pretty good deal. 25 bucks for you to open up your account with uh, for free. Just 25 bucks, this and that. Uh, pretty damn cool, and it would only help this show as well, especially if I get more and more going into the cryptocurrency and all that. It would help quite a bit. But again, I've made a few thousand dollars off Shiba Inu. I am not making that up. Just like I'm not making up the fact that... Uh, I'm not overall pleased and overjoyed with this team right now, even though they should have a much better record. This and that. So let's get to the Twitter account. Again, the link will be on. It'll be in the show description, a lot like the Twitter account, Facebook account, and the email address, palazinolive at yahoo.com. The, the uh, Twitter account, at Purple Mafia Show, opening things up here in fan interaction. Again, I apologize for being a complete idiot. For back-to-back weeks now, and not posting the uh, post-game thread on the Facebook page. I am just, uh, I'm really sorry about that. This might end up being a small amount of fan interaction. We'll see. Most recent episode retweeted by Tene Brown out of New Zealand, Malcolm McSween out of California, and Vince Germano out of Australia. Thank you all so very much for that. Episode 354, Baltimore Destiny. Baltimore Destiny. And this one, we'll see what the title is going to be. I don't have any guarantee thing at the end of the day. John Lucich at the follow. Thank you very, very much. His Twitter account's gotten kind of weird lately. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Sebastian Barton, Blackspace999, at Blackspace999, wearing a, wearing, wearing a Chargers 28 jersey. That's funny. Saying, uh, till they fire Zimmer, cheer for L's, like as in losses. Hashtag get, get Kirk out. Yep, and he wants to fire Zimmer. 
and get Kirk out. I'm still on that bandwagon as well, even though it's just it's it's just annoying how much talent there is. But we're still uh, frustrated this and that with how things are going. Tanae Brown says Eric Kendricks is just incredible. He makes things happen week in and week out. He says Purple Mafia hashtag Skull. Um, I, I agree. I really agree. He's my all-time favorite Vikings linebacker, and there have been a lot of good ones. There have been a lot of mediocre ones that were overrated, like Chad Greenway. I always thought he was overrated. Some years he was better than others. He could be pretty good, but was he ever a great linebacker? No. No, he wasn't. Kevin McMahon retweeted something I said when I said, feels like seven years, brother. Uh, Phil Mackey tweeted out, I feel like we've been watching the same Viking, the same Vikings game on repeat for the past two years, and I put feels like seven years, brother. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. It's been extremely frustrating. So he gave me a retweet. Thank you, Kevin McMahon, out of Wisconsin, with the retweet from the Cheap Seats podcast. Yep, very cool. Uh, Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland said that I believe we're talking about Kendricks here. Yep, I was responding to Tanae Brown saying, I absolutely love him. He's got the Tarkington in the bag, unless Bynum keeps making big plays, and I ended up being Jefferson making big plays. Uh, Mad Martin says, had a great game. Now can the bleeping O put up some points? I'm sick of watching this every game as a repeat. Well, they finally did, Mad Martin. They finally did, Dave Martin, out of Northern Scotland. And he says, another game going down to the wire. Yep, and I was saying, yeah, I agree it'd be nice, but maybe it's too little too late. Generally for the season, not for the game, but for the season. Ned Martin said, should I bother staying up for the fourth quarter? And I was saying, I think so. And, well, looks like I ended up being right for once. That was cool. Ned Martin said, 10-point lead. Now I'm worried. No, I will continue to suffer with my brothers and sisters across the pond. Yep, and we, yep, luckily we got something. Uh, what was I saying? I'm going to keep saying it until I'm blue in the face. It's heartbreaking as you know what. This team could easily have a phenomenal record, but of course not. Mad Martin says it could, but the coaching has been suspect all season and ultimately held them back. We need a new head coach and GM before I have any faith in them. And I feel you completely there. I feel like they're like a governor on the offense. They're a governor on the team in general. It's been insanely frustrating. Let's get to Facebook. Thankfully, there'll be a few minutes here before I can get to that uh, postgame thread. And I feel like such a jerk. Back-to-back weeks. And I think there were some old ones last week that went in there, so I'm going to try to not miss those. I know Mike Dale commented. Yep, there's a couple there. I'm going to read them now from last week, if you guys don't mind. Guys and gals out there, don't mind. If there are any gals listening. Hmm. Yeah, I, yep, Josh Mayer Henry didn't get on. Um. Yep, I know, yeah, there, are, there were three of them that didn't. Josh Mayer Henry out of Colorado says... I really want to hear what the ownership has to say about the state of the team. And, yeah, of course, they never say anything. Uh, Mark Carlson said, well, we did see some very cool special team plays today. This is, again, again, this is backtracking to Baltimore. He says, well, we did. So you guys did not lose uh, the comment. The comments will be uh, included on this show. So uh, that would be so rude of me to uh, do that. Well, we did see some very cool special team plays today and some trickery as well. I don't know why we can't keep a lead, and all the penalties don't help. I love seeing Wangwo run the kick all the way to the house after halftime, and I know Cook had a big-time explosive run today, but I'm tired of seeing two yards in a cloud of dust. One more thing. I enjoyed all the flags I've seen before, during the, during and after the game. Now, he means the American flags. During and after the game, and I was smiling. That Fox had the pregame show at the U.S. Navy Academy in Annapolis. 
I have been there several times in official business. Hey, Joey, thanks in advance for putting the show out for all of us. Thanks, Amanda. And thank you, Mark, and God bless you. I salute you, and I am literally doing it right now. Hopefully close uh, to what soldiers do at the correct angle and such on your face to salute right now. Not way up on your forehead like the Cub Scouts, but down close to where, kind of close to where my glasses are. I salute you, Mark Carlson. I do. And other uh, veterans that may be listening right now. Uh, Mike Dale. I believe he wraps up this, this segment from last week. Zimmer needs to go. We've seen his plans and his hand. Zimmer needs to go. We, we've seen his plans and his hands, and none of it adds up to aces. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. None of it leads up to aces, which could be, which would be a birth in a Super Bowl, let alone winning it. He seems completely incapable of making proper game time adjustments, and his decision-making and constant missteps management are now on display pretty much every week. The team has been in a steady downward trajectory under this uh, under his stewardship since 2017, and I fear any more delays or dallying in showing him and his staff the door, the more time we are wasting getting a new regime and to start rebuilding this team. His style of play and game plans will never succeed in this league, as shown time and time again. Please show him the door before brilliant players like Jefferson pull a digs. Well, hopefully with days like today, Jefferson won't, but we'll see. I think that's a legitimate fear, Mike Dell. Thank you very much, and I apologize that I wasn't able to read that on the last episode, but I did today. So, yep, and this is this this triggers exactly what I was talking about. Adam Thielen was shaking his head and throwing his arms up like, come on, you know, because we've seen uh, Adam Thielen do that to Kirk Cousins in the past. Come on, you know. Andrew Kramer tweeted out, and I put the photo on the Facebook page. Thielen. Thielen said, The positive is, we know we can do it. We know we have the guys, the quarterback, the skill, the position guys, the offensive line. No no coaches are busting tails, but it's kind of getting old to talk about. I know fans are done with it, and that would again be the ongoing frustrations with the ultra-conservative uh, approach and the fear of losing versus the uh, going for the throat like the Vikings finally did today. Adam Thielen, you can sense it. You can really sense it. And it was showing again today on the field a little bit. I don't blame him at all either. Why did I press that button? Mark Carlson said, uh, but it's getting kind of old with the quotation marks. Yep. And he says, agreed. And uh, Gerald Swing says, agreed. And not to mention the eye-scratching, boring. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yep, it's getting old and eye-scratching boring. I agree. Tanae out of New Zealand, Gerald out of Nebraska, Mark out of Iowa. Tanae says, no, we can do it. Do what? Lose, disappoint, blow leads? That's all we know they can do. And Leland out of Iowa also says, "Ah, so true. And yep, you guys nailed it there. Thank you very much for that. In-game thread. In-game thread. There's probably some post-game conversation here. I was asking, where is K.J. Osborne? Anyone? Anyone? What's the obsession with Conklin? Tanae responded with, I think we've seen him once once on an incomplete. Yep, it was once. It was once. That's what the stat sheet shows. He was targeted once. Depressing, though. Like, he wasn't even in the game plan at all, or there was no real attempt. He was maybe on the field, but nothing really happened. Depressing, man. Depressing. Mark Carlson says, am I watching Am I watching the Vikings make a defensive stand at the goal line? Three and one? Nope. I like how he did that. He responded, nope. Intentional grounding and then a fake punt? Nope. <laughs> Mark, you're funny. That was good. I like that. Mike Dale says, 
then he's out of the New York State area, not the city. The Chargers are a decent team, as well as the Ravens. If we can jump out to an unexpected lead, I just hope this coaching staff doesn't snatch defeat from the clutches of victory as as is part of the course of the season. Man, I wish I wasn't so negative, but this team makes me this way. We're kind of hardwired towards that inclination. Nice, nice they worded there. I think Mike Dale should be a writer if he isn't. I think he should. He's really good. <laughs> Mike, you should be a writer. I'm not even kidding. He says, Ty Conklin again. Career game for him, and yeah, pretty much. At least multiple touchdowns, anyway. He's a little touchdown threat for fantasy ballers out there. Maybe the last guy on your roster could be Ty Conklin. You never know. Brett McCarthy, South Dakota, says, and now we can't score a touchdown this week. Well, that was an interesting INT, and we score a TD. I say they are playing hard. <laughs> Mark Carlson says, Cook, Cook is good, but he is not Leroy Hort on third and goal. Anger. Yep, he couldn't get in on one of those. That was frustrating. We had to kick a shorty. Mark Carlson says, Helping with a fundraiser today and just getting home now. Skull Purple Mafia. Yep, good to hear from you, Mark. Always, always, always. Brad McCarthy says, Skull, I think this is a game that will tell the future of the coaching staff and the, you know, the Chargers have the lead, the defensive breakdown. Holy crap. I think they're going to win. Mike Dill says, let's not jinx them now. Ha ha. We're, we're talking about the Vikings here. And then Brad says, right. Yep. <laughs> yep. But later in the game, Mike Dill said, Kirk looks awkward taking a knee after taking the snap. Like there's nails or broken glass on the ground. Yeah, that was weird during the victory formation. Not surprising since the Vikings haven't even come close this season to putting teams away. Seems foreign since I can't remember the last time I've seen Kirk taking a knee to run the clock. Yeah, it does seem like a while, doesn't it? In the games we won, it was like close and dangerous. Pretty wild stuff. At the end of the day, yep, Mark Carlson was saying Bynum. Tene was saying so painful to watch. Brett McCarthy said, Vikings get outcoached by a younger staff. Thankfully, not at the end. Thankfully. Denny Brown said, run, check down, run, punt. What's the opposite of positive football? Is this. Mike Dale says, some huge first downs here. Good to see the conservative play calling going out the window. Yeah, that was big, wasn't it, Mike? Brett McCarthy says, God, I hope we don't have a, a fourth down meltdown. Okay, Kubiak, works the magic for the win. JJ's been a beast this game. I don't want to say anything, but this is going to be a win. Tanae said, take the lead and early and crush them. Look at the scores today. No mercy. Brett McCarthy couldn't believe it. Tanae was saying, holding, holding, holding. Give me a break. That was earlier in the game, obviously, in the first half. And it drove me nuts, too. Feels like we're going in the halftime, going down. Leland was pissed off about the flags going crazy. So undisciplined and uncoached. Brett McCarthy says, well, this team has been in... This team has been all in or nothing now the rest of the year. Yep, it's going to have to be. Uh, Leland says, come on, nice four-minute drive and end it, not three and out. Yep, that's the drive I'm talking about, and that's the one that ended up winning the game. Thankfully, we're just about there now. Final little spot here. And unfortunately, only one comment, but Jeff Foyla nicely done here. And I'll have to come back next week again to uh, catch up with those, unfortunately, because I screwed up again. Jeff Froyland says, I'm so confused. They won? I dread watching the fourth quarter this year. They've been awful. Not to mention the Vikings are the only team in the NFL to lead in every game by at least seven. Wasn't that something? Their record does not reflect the stat. Fortunately, today was different. They finished. Good win. Skull. Thank you, Jeff. Also out of Iowa. Awesome. Great to hear from you, Jeff. That was a good one. Um, 
hope to hear a call in from somebody at some point. It would be great. The way you do that is simply open your free uh, or open your smart device and open the free application on there. That is a voice recorder. Just open it, press record, treat it like a phone call, talk for X amount of time, three to five minutes, for example. Hit stop, save it, and then share it slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and then you'll be able to be on the show leading off fan interaction, which would be absolutely great, and you're guaranteed at least some kind of star. And even if I give you a bronze star in that situation, it doesn't mean it was a bad call. It might mean just there was a lot of great comments on there. This and that. Uh, usually, you can, usually you get like a silver, though, at least. And sometimes a gold because it's such a spectacular call uh, at the end of the day. So now I'll pass out the stars for this episode. I feel bad, though, that I didn't put didn't put out the uh, post-game thread earlier. The gold star for this episode is going to go to Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. Tanae Brown is going to bring in the gold. Bronze star, or excuse me, silver star is going to be shared by Mike Dale and Jeff Froyland. Great job, guys. Bronze star is going to go to <clears throat> Bronstar is going to go to Mark Carlson and Dave Martin Mad Martin out of out of uh, Northern Scotland. Thank you very much. And Brett McCarthy always, at least a bronze, he's always there and he does such a great job. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was nice. And uh, Leland also always so valuable. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this show. God bless all of you guys. It's been an awesome uh <sighs> another fun week covering the team. It's been fun finally getting a win. That was nice. Uh, nice to see Christmas lights starting to pop up around. Some of you might complain about that. I won't. I won't complain about Christmas lights. Though I'm wondering if some of those are just those quote-unquote outdoor party lights or whatever. Some of them are. And some of them are actually are Christmas lights. Looking forward to more and more of those coming up. Uh, I made a change this year where in the past I'd get a tree that had lights wired onto the tree and whenever something would malfunction you end up losing the whole damn tree. So now, I finally used my brain and bought an unlit, you know, the artificial tree. I wish I wish I could have a real one, but this is an apartment. They won't let me. Uh, I bought an unlit one. Think about it. And then you just put the lights on yourself. So if something malfunctions with the lights, you just throw away the $5 little cord of lights. <laughs> or maybe you can repair it, but if you can't, it's just 5 bucks rather than the whole damn tree. So more common sense, finally. And it's actually a better quality tree anyway. It's like bigger and prettier and such. It's more full, this and that. So I used some common sense this year for the first time in my life when it came to that. But I guess we're always living and learning every day. That's how life goes. Uh, fall cleanups is still a nightmare. Yeah, because it got cold and wet, so now we're behind there. So luckily I'm still able to keep up with the show. We'll see what happens next Sunday. You never know. But uh, it's going to be a wild and crazy game. Viking season is still alive, believe it or not, even though most of us don't have a whole lot of faith, even if they make the playoffs, that anything special will happen. It would be nice if we had that New York Giants 2007 type of year in us, or 2011, whichever you want to go with, 9-7, and 10-6 and six team that shocks the world, goes all the way and wins it all. You just wish that one time, unexpectedly, that year will come. I hope it's this year, but I truly doubt that, because those kind of years happen once or twice in your life. But, uh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. Like the 87 Twins only won 85 games. Of course, they lost their last, I think, seven games that year or something because they'd already won the division and they stopped playing, which was kind of stupid, but it killed their record. So that's part of it as well. Uh, they also couldn't win on the road that year either. <laughs> With that said, thank you guys always for your interaction. God bless all of you, and uh, we'll be back next week to review the Green Bay Packers game. 